After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead, and now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1, verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you grow. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land, the the Lord your God has given you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, a servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. And then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded, <coughs> excuse me, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Thank you. Uh, before you're seated, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, you look absolutely stupendous this morning. And you may be seated. Special thanks to Pastor Connie for preaching in our absence last Sunday. Great job. We were in Dominican on a missions trip, and I was able to sit in a temperature of about 32 degrees and watch the service as perspiration, all that good stuff. So we have a full message, um, but I, I just want to say a couple of highlights about our missions trip. Maybe at some other point we'll be able to expand on it. But uh, we were with Adrian and Sharon Thomas, who have been 
missionaries in the Dominican for some 19 years, and uh, we have built relationship over the years. We've been there before with them, and uh, it, it it's so fascinating to be in a different country. Everybody should go on a missions trip just so that you uh, keep life in perspective. And so uh, first morning, I'm out to, to go for a walk, and I was going to head up one street, and there was a bull sauntering down the sidewalk eating leaves off the tree. So my decision, because I'm I'm... I'm so uh, quick to make good decisions. I figured that's not a street I want to go up, so I went somewhere else. But these are the kinds of things you find on the mission field. And uh, here is a couple that have literally built about 70 churches over those years, built several homes. There's one village that they are totally renovating their building homes there. Um, and it, it's just amazing. I, I think one of the most supernatural things is they are working with 17 different denominations. And uh, they have been able to build relationships. And every church that we were in, just the presence of God and worship and open to Holy Spirit, so we had the chance to speak to pastors and leaders, which is one of my passions. And we were able to preach 12 times in five days. And uh, just so you know, we didn't sit on the beach uh, if five, six days out of the seven. We were at the beach for one hour. We had one day off. Uh, the rest of the time we were touring. But what they're doing there is pretty remarkable. My wife was able to go to a ladies' conference, and this is the heart of these missionaries. Um, some of these ladies, some of these pastors, uh, literally live in uh, wooden shacks with no cement on the floor, just a, just a, a dirt floor. But they pay for them to come and be at a resort and uh, as she will testify, God just showed up. It was just a wonderful time. So thank you for the opportunity of being there and representing you. And uh, God is alive and well in the Dominican. Thank you, Lord. Yes, let's thank God for what God's doing all around the world. So I want to continue, and the, the missionaries that we support, I want to continue to encourage you as a church uh, to to give your offering. Your tithes belong in the storehouse. Uh, the offering we want to sow, one of the offerings we want to sow is mission, so bless you as you give uh, over and above your tithes. Well, the title of our message today is Possessing the Promise. And this message is based on Joshua 1. We do have a handout for you you want to follow along with the PowerPoint, uh, if you didn't receive one, just, just raise your hand. I'd like to begin a series of messages with you that is basically my life story. And so I had the privilege of growing up in a pastor's home. Uh, my dad originally was from Scotland, if you say it right, Scotland. 
and uh, he, he was an alcoholic, he was a chain smoker, he was a brawler, he was a very angry man, and he found himself often going into a bar, uh, having a few pops, and then he would look for someone to fight. And that was kind of his uh, routine. Uh, one day at Evangel Temple, God miraculously saved him. And not only did he save him, but he called him into the ministry. How many know that God is a supernatural God? Amen. He does amazing things. And uh, it ended up that my, my, pat, my dad was a Pentecostal pastor for over 50 years. Um, my two brothers were Pentecostal pastors. My two sisters were married to Pentecostal pastors. I had no option but to be a Pentecostal pastor. I am thankful for the call of God on my life. And uh, many of my wife's family uh, is in the ministry uh, as well. And so I met... Carolyn at Bridal at Bible College, and uh, we just uh, have had a wonderful life and ministry together. And uh, I was pastoring for some uh, thirty years, and I really felt spiritually that I had really hit a wall. And I basically said to the Lord, "I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm tired." The energy I have put into the ministry, the fruit hasn't, it, it doesn't match what I'm doing. And God called me to prayer, and I remember in our church, going to the church at Highway Gospel Church in Scarborough, and uh, I just started to wait on the Lord, and he really put his finger on me. Sometimes pastors say that it's the, the, the church that's the problem, difficult church, challenges, all, all that. No, this was about me. And God gave me a picture, and I'll unpack this over the next couple of weeks, uh, gave me a picture of the Israelites uh, coming out of Egypt <clears throat> crossing the Red Sea, going through the desert. Kadesh Barnea is one of the gates into the Promised Land. This is a place where we choose to serve God wholeheartedly. This is a second river, and this is destiny. And so the thing that God gave me this picture, and I, I wrote it out, and I, I looked at it, and what God began to show me was that I was either circling in the desert around and around, 30 years now, a pastor, or I would head for my destiny only to hit a wall. I don't know if you're here today and you would, you would say, uh, my experience spiritually is I, I tend to kind of go forward and back and forward and back. A anybody experience that? Where there's just kind of that, that challenge to break through. And so <clears throat> the Lord showed me I would, I would hit this wall and then I would fall back and kind of go into a default uh, situation. 
And then as I looked at this personal wall that I would hit, I also began to realize that this can be a corporate wall, that place where leaders stop to grow, and this is where God wants to bring us. And so as I studied this, God began to uh, unpack some things to me, and it was quite an interesting journey. So by way of introduction, I want to talk to you this morning about possessing the promise. What I want to say to you this morning is God never called you to the desert. He called you to your destiny. That's a good place to say amen right there. Let me say that again. God never called you to the desert. He called you to your destiny. Thank you. Every one of you has a destiny. Every one of you, God has has a plan for your life. And what's an amazing statistic as I studied this is 600,000 men, almost 3 million people, crossed the first river. How many crossed the second? My wife knows the answer. She's heard me share this a couple times. How many of these 600,000 men went into the promised land? As they say in Dominican, dos. Two people, Joshua and Caleb. And the only thing that I can find that was different with Joshua and Caleb, is they had a different spirit. And so the math to come into the promised land is not that good. But I believe that there are some people here, and this is what God said to me, you've crossed the first river, but you haven't crossed the second. God never expected our church to stay in the desert without vision and without destiny, without purpose. I believe there's a destiny for every one of us. And I'm here to tell you, plan B is the desert and plan A is destiny. God has brought us out to take us in. Will you say that with me? God has brought us out to take us in. And so it's not enough to cross the first river. We need to be passionate for God to cross the second. So I believe in order to take those steps to destiny, we need to understand and have a background and have uh, an understanding of the principles and the heart of God when he asked, when God asked Joshua, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that's a better way to do that. When God asked Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land. If you're a father here today, Your destiny is to lead your spouse and your children into their destiny. If you're a single mom or single dad, 
we as a church need to pray for you and help you to come into your destiny so that your children, your grandchildren, will follow. Many people hit a wall spiritually because no one has ever laid down any footprints to, to, to follow, to come into destiny. That's why we've got to raise up spiritual leaders, pastors and deacons, to lead the church so there are footprints to come into the promised land. So let's look at what God says about this journey. First of all, let's look at the promise of possession. Joshua 1, 1 to 4. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Thank you. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. Here's what I want you to see about the promised land. It has been given you. The destiny for this house, God has given it to you. It's yours. And so God says to Joshua, you have been number two. Now you're going to become number one. Now there may be some that enjoy being number two. But I believe there are some people here that say, Pastor, I'm tired of being number two. I'm ready to be number one. Let me clarify. You can serve in a second position in a company or in a church and still be number one. So it's not about the position, but it's about your heart. See, you can be number two and still be in your destiny, but you are number two if you stay in the desert. And God said to to Joshua, I'm ready to anoint you. I'm ready for you to go to the next level. I'm ready for you to lead these Israelites into their destiny. For 30 years, I was number two. 30 years, a pastor circling in the desert. Kind of like it was really boring. I had no idea who I was. I was the youngest in the Norcross family. That's who I was. And here's what God showed me I had given my heart to the ministry, but I had never given my heart to Father God. So the ministry was an idol. The ministry was a treasure. And I was so insecure, not knowing who I was, that I had to make sure my church was successful so that I could receive affirmation. That's a terrible motivation to be a pastor. What I began to realize as I studied this is a mother gives life and nurture, but a father imparts identity and purpose. 
And so you can pursue as a pastor the ministry. It becomes a lust. You chase after it, and you are never fulfilled because you'll only get identity from a father. And so God began to show me that I needed to repent of making the ministry an idol An idol is anything I give strength to or take strength from that takes me away from intimacy with God. I needed to repent, and I needed to give my heart to Father God. This whole study will be how do I have intimacy, how do I get intimacy with Father God? Everybody tells you we're supposed to have intimacy with God. Somebody needs to show me how. So we're going to do that together. Here's the beautiful thing. If your father never laid down footprints for you, if your father was maybe not a Christian or maybe there was no emotional connection with him, there is a heavenly father this morning that stands ready if you'll take his hand and he'll bring you into your destiny. As I've said before, don't let yesterday impact your today. Don't let yesterday impact your tomorrow. Do not settle for being in the desert because nobody in your family, your culture, your generations left down footprints for you. Jesus Christ was a son who pleased the Heavenly Father and he reached his destiny, which was the cross. Can I remind you this morning that the tomb is empty? Can I remind you this morning that he is seated at the right hand of the Father? He ever lives to make intercession for you. And he's waiting for you to come into your destiny. Hallelujah. He's already there. He's waiting for you. So here is Joshua. Here is Joshua. Faithful as a number two. And you often don't become number one until you become faithful to be a number two. (laughs) That's a whole other sermon. God says, get ready. Because I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And when you study the word of God, what happens in the Bible, what happens in scripture can happen to you as you pursue God and choose to serve him wholeheartedly. The second point under the promise of possession is faith without works is dead. It says, verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. So you can either choose to circle in the desert or you can set your feet to move forward in God. I'm here to encourage you to take a step. You know what's beautiful about taking a step? You know what's beautiful? Faith without works is dead. So when we take a step toward God, the Bible says he takes a step toward us. 
Do you know why we don't have revival? Because we're circling in the desert. If we will take a step toward God, he will take a step toward us. If we take a second step toward God, he takes a second step toward us. And if we keep moving forward into our destiny, God will meet you and he will empower you and he will change your life and he'll speak to your children and he'll speak to your grandchildren. But we've got to serve God wholeheartedly. He's brought us out to bring us in. We haven't come this far to come this far. This is not about just being a denomination of a hundred years. That's a dangerous place to be. Every denomination has failed and lost their way. And I'm here to tell you there's a new day for our fellowship. There's a new day for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. It's a new day as we focus on him. But we've got to take a step toward him. We draw nigh to him. He draws nigh to us. Faith without works is dead. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses. The beautiful thing about this story. God said to Moses, it's already yours. And I believe it's the same message today. It's already yours. Just take it. Set yourself in your devotional time. Ask God what he's asking you to do and then go do it and watch the blessing of the Lord. Watch what he does. He will meet you. And so it's been 22 years uh, as I went through this, this experience and I can honestly say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. My wife and I are this close to retirement. We've been working on it for 10 years. It's not going well. (laughs) But I can honestly say today, the last five years have been some of the most fruitful in our ministry. It's because I finally figured some things out. And it's found in daily spending time with him. The question today is, where's your heart? You say, how do I figure out where my heart is? The Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Is your treasure in the Father? Is the treasure in doing his will? Jesus said, I'm come to do the will of the Father. I love verse 4. Here's the declaration. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. God was saying to Joshua, it's yours. Here's the thing. When you choose to serve God wholeheartedly, there will come a point where you will stand at your wall and you will be filled with fear. The reason that you are filled with fear is you don't know what's on the other side. And the reason you don't know what's on the other side is nobody in your family, uh, your, your family and your generations and your culture has ever gone there. And the reason it took me 30 years is I, was, I had nobody to disciple me. 
I went 30 years in the ministry. Never once did I ever get a phone call. How are you? How are you doing? Let's go drink coffee. Let's go eat chicken. Let's talk about your devotional life. And you know what the Bible says? The mandate of the church is go and make disciples. What a gong show. We're supposed to make disciples. I looked for a spiritual father for 30 years and couldn't find one. Maybe I was looking in the wrong place. I don't know. But I had to figure this out all on on my own. Because I was a really good servant. I needed to become a son. And my destiny is I needed to be a spiritual father. Because Paul said, you got 10,000 guardians, but not many fathers. We need spiritual fathers in our pulpits. Not servants, but a father that will raise up sons and daughters. It is yours. The preparation of possession, the divine side, I love this. The assurance of divine power. Look at the first part of verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Somebody in the house needs to get excited about that verse. Because what it says is if I choose to serve God wholeheartedly, I will defeat every single enemy every single time. That's our promise. That's ours. God said to Joshua... I'm going to be with you. And I'm not just only going to be with you. I'm going to empower you. You look at this first chapter and over and over and over and over, God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. Why is that? Because 600,000 men came out and only two went in. I'm looking for someone here who will say, Pastor, I'm ready to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be all in. I want to serve God wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter if my parents' culture and generations haven't gone there. I'm going there. If I have to be a pioneer, I'm going to be a pioneer. I want plan A. Assurance of divine presence, still in verse 5. No one be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Quite a promise. Do not look around the room and say, well, I can can see Pastor Connie going into the promised land. I, I can... She's likely already there. She like she she's likely been there for years. But for me, see, this is the lie of the enemy, and that's all he can do is lie. He'll tell you you're unworthy. He'll tell you that you're incapable. He will tell you, well, because of the deficit of a father that I had, and and all that he didn't. He didn't give me. My, my culture, I'm here to tell you today, 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I'm here to tell you, God is with you. And he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. And I challenge you to go on this journey by taking the hand of the Father and going where you've never gone before. The assurance of divine power, the assurance of divine presence. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. We have the divine power, the divine presence, and the divine position. You can be in the desert, but when you give your heart to Father God, you change your position. Because you change your position when you say, I'm going to bring my mind, will, and emotions into submission to Holy Spirit every single day. I'm going to walk in the Spirit, and I'm going to go where I've never gone before because it's no longer me that's leading me or the Norcross clan. Oh, that, that, that needs to be my goal. My goal needs to please my Heavenly Father because that's where I'm going to figure out who I am that's where my identity is, and I, I'm here to tell you, I know who I am this morning. <laughs> oh, is that ever fun when you finally figure out who you are? And it's found in a father as we give our heart to him. So that's the divine side. Let's look at the human side. And there's always two. So again, verse 6, I won't be much longer. I'll be. <laughs> Number 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. So there's God's part and there's our part. But you'll never figure out God's part when you stay circling in the desert. Take a step. You say, what do you mean, take a step? What I mean is, listen to Holy Spirit, read the word, and he will speak to you. And when he speaks to you, as we shared with you before, the answer is yes. (laughs) Very simple. Yes, Lord. I choose to serve you wholeheartedly. Be strong and courageous. Get ready for a fight because this land is occupied. He says in verses 8 and 9, meditate on the word of God. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You will not be successful in this journey without the word being a part of your life. You've got to be in prayer, and you have to be in the word. Because what I read here is that keep the book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, and be careful to do everything written in it. 
Meditate on the word of God. Verse 7, obey the word of God. And then you'll find yourself moving forward. I love verses 10 and 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp. Tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. I see two things in these two verses. There is the leader's role and there's the people's role. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. The Bible says there's two leaders in the church, elders and deacons. It's time for the elders and deacons in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada to get ready to go into the promised land. Somebody's shouting me on today. Blessed is the man who expects nothing, for he will not be disappointed. Are you hungry for God? Are you passionate for the word? Because when it comes to the home, if dad stops here, the children and the, and the wife will likely stop there. Single mom, single dad. If you stop somewhere, that's where your children will stop. Where the elders and deacons stop, that's where the church stops. Most of the time. And so that's why I'm passionate to walk with leaders. Because if we can get the, the leaders across the second river, the house will likely follow. Oh, this is so good. See, if dad's in his destiny, this is what I believe, and I believe it with all my heart. When the leaders are in their destiny, there's a pull of the Holy Spirit on the children. There's a pull of the Holy Spirit on the congregation. Because I want what you have. I looked for 30 years for a spiritual father. Couldn't find one. I needed somebody to care. You got to start to care. You got to start to be hungry. God said to Joshua, go and tell the leaders to get ready. You know what our problem in the church is? Nobody's ready. Too much, too many things going on. Too busy. Are you ready this morning? I'm ready. I'm praying daily, God, come and interrupt our service. Is anybody praying that? God, just come and take over. This morning in our worship, thank you, worship team. There's just such a wonderful, sweet sense of his presence. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. Leaders, get ready. You see, they... Oh, our time's almost gone. Somebody said it, it, it already is like it's gone. <laughs> Man. 
God said, I'm going to give you three days to get ready. See, it's in the preparation. God, prepare us for what you have. Principles of possession. You're going to have to read this. The outline is there. As you look at your devotions this week, meditate on this. Plan for victory. Get ready for what God has. See, there's the principle of dispossession. This is occupied territory. And as you go to your destiny, you're going to displace the enemy. But when you displace the enemy, watch this, you're on the offensive. So there's going to be the Grey Cup tonight. And one team is at the other t- against the other team, and they're trying to push them out of the way. Have you pushed the enemy out of the way recently? Or have you been on retreat and he just comes and attacks? I'm here to tell you the best defense is an offense. Go put the puck in the net. Have a destination. Go, go get the ball across the goal line. Get, get, after, get after the enemy. Get up in his business. Don't be afraid of him. Go and take possession of what's yours. Push him out of the way. He's yours. Appropriation. I love this one. I don't know how I thought I could get through all of this, but anyway. Appropriation is to take something for one's own use, usually without the owner's permission. What God has given us, we need to make it your own. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Worship team, come, please. You don't need the enemy's permission to go where God said you're already supposed to go. You don't need his permission. You need to go and take what is yours because it belongs to you. Deuteronomy 7, the progression, what's really, what I really like about this verse, these verses, is God says you're going to go into the land. Watch this. I know they're beautiful, but just watch. God says you're going to go into the land little by little. Here's the thing. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get over here overnight. So it's little by little. But as you add obedience to faith, God's going to take you where you've never gone before. The perils of possession. God says, don't partially possess. And when you read this in Joshua 12 to 15, there was a group that God said to to Joshua, tell them they've got to come and fight, but if they want to go back, they can go back. What I want you to take from that is simply this. Not everybody is going to go with you. You go on this journey. Oh, we're already at takeaway. Cool. Not everybody's going to go with you. Be ready to be lonely. You 
have to want God with everything you have. Takeaway is this. God has given us a promise that he will bring us into our destiny. We need to prepare ourselves for this possession by dispossessing the enemy. Seize what is rightfully ours. Let us progress in this timing, but never settle for anything except complete possession. This is a personal destiny, and it's also a corporate destiny. So we're believing God for our future. Stand with me, please. But it's to serve God wholeheartedly. Pastor Sarah, we honor you today, and we're going to celebrate in the cafe. I want to leave time for that. I I trust you'll all be able to stay. But just as we close, will you bow your heads with me for a moment? I want to pray for you in this closing prayer. We haven't come this far to come this far. There's more. Will you say that with me? There's more. There is more. You're here this morning. Say, Pastor. This word speaks to me today. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ called to make disciples. We're called to go where we've never gone before. You can say this morning, Pastor, I just sense God speaking to my heart today. Those that are viewing online, just together, let's search our hearts. You would just recognize, because the question is, where are we on this journey? you would just say this morning, Pastor, pray for me because I realize I need to set myself. I need to refresh my devotions. I need to refresh my time with the Lord. I need to refresh the vision in my heart. And I need to serve him wholeheartedly. If God's speaking to you this morning, will you just raise your hand? I want to remember you in the closing prayer. Just hold hold it straight up. Hold it way up. Oh, that's good. You see, when we have a soft heart, God speaks to us. When our heart is hard, we don't even hear what's being said. But a disciple has a soft heart. So God, you see the hands today. Not only do you see the hands, but you see the heart. And so I pray, Lord, that you will allow us to step into our destiny. We're called to be number one. We're called to serve you with everything within us. You call us to identify and push through our wall. Help us to serve you with everything within us. And we say we love you, Father. We take your hand today. We're all in. Whatever it is you call us to be and call us to do, You're a good, good father. Let's just sing it together. Because he loves us and he's jealous for us to love him. Will you lift your hands with mine and sing it? He's a good, good father. Let's just love him today. Hallelujah.